IBEC, the voice of Irish business. And you're very welcome back to IBEC Responds. In this episode, IBEC CEO Danny McCoy is joined by two important architects and advocates of the Belfast Good Friday Agreement. Former Taoiseach Bertie Ahern and Alistair Campbell, former Director of Communications for Prime Minister Tony Blair. Following IBEC's For Peace and Prosperity event at the Mansion House in Dublin, they discuss what was achieved from the agreement, the lasting impact on the All Island economy, and lessons for the future. So I'm joined here this morning by Alistair Campbell and Bertie Ahern. We've had our event at the Mansion House and we were speaking about the Belfast Good Friday Agreement, which is part of IBEC's campaign for peace and prosperity. Bertie, just to you, I mean, on the 25th anniversary, um, the Belfast Good Friday Agreement has been a really great underpinning of the prosperity, both on this island and on the island of Britain. Um, What worries do you have in terms of how well it's understood and so how well it would be supported if it comes under challenge in the coming weeks and months? Well, I think it's well supported, maybe not the kind of support we, we got of 70% in the north and 94 down here 25 years ago. But I think there's still support for the two angles of it, the peace process to try and have a peaceful existence and then to try and find a political one. Um, of course, the challenge is is to find a political solution that gets the institutions back up and running to make sure there is a government in the north, there is an executive, there is a uh, an assembly where people can meet and that we can get, get back to the Irish government dealing with the executive as we had before. Um, that's a challenge. Uh, I, I think it's doable and but it, it, we've we've probably only a matter of weeks to to try and resolve it. And Alistair, you know, from the UK perspective, is there acknowledgement that the peace process was as much for the island of Britain as it was for the island of Ireland? Because the narrative is very focused on Ireland these days. I think the way that a lot of British people feel about the the peace process is that it, 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 they feel the high point was twenty five years ago, and then it sort of. Been, there have been lots of ups and downs, but it's in a much, much better place. And I think there's an understanding that it's going through a, a tricky period. Uh, I think a combination of Brexit, I'm afraid, I think has been difficult. I think Johnson's premiership was difficult. I think Rishi Sunak's trying to sort it out. Um, but I think what's good about today's event and the report that you've done, the Peace and Prosperity Campaign, is that it's it's important that we don't just look back 25 years but we understand how far we've come and why you need to keep the keep focused in a way to keep this thing moving forward and uh, so I I I kind of blow hot and cold on this I mean some days I wake up feeling very very optimistic about it and other times I I feel very very pessimistic about it one thing I'm absolutely sure about is it's not going to take care of itself political leaders have to take care of it and Bertie how how much do you think the political architecture at the moment from Europe, Britain, Dublin, and particularly in Belfast, is alert to the need to underpin it, given the, all the focus on the protocol and Brexit. Well, I think too, maybe there's been too much uh, for the last five or six years. It's all been about the backstop first, uh, then it, then it's about about the protocol, um, and and the Good Friday Agreement gets a bit lost in 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 the middle of all of that. Uh, so. But what we can't get away from is that Northern Ireland, you know, cannot prosper uh, if it can't function. 
and it can't function if it's no executive and no assembly, no politicians. I mean, the fact that the Irish government has nobody to talk to um, uh, and the alternative, if you can continue down that road or, or joint sovereignty, which won't work, um, it's not going to happen. Uh, direct rule, which w will you know, be a disaster uh, as well. So uh, the the, alter the only alternative is to make the institutions function and work, and and that's that's a big challenge. Um, but it has to happen. Do you see that absolutely as a fundamental step? If the assembly is not up and running, then all bets are off on other aspects of it. Yeah, I I, I think that, that there there is no easy solution. I mean the. the any kind of joint authority will not be accepted by the British government. Um, uh, any kind of uh, arrangement that tries to push the Irish government out, out of it will not be accepted by the Irish government. Um, so that leaves you only with one option. And Alistair, what's your confidence factor that the Assembly in Northern Ireland and the DUP will will actually go back into the Assembly even if there is success for Rishi Sunak on the protocol dimension? Well, I hope there is because I think that what a lot of people in Northern Ireland feel is that you know they've they've voted for their politicians, they've they've given a verdict on who they want to to govern the place, and they want to see them take their seats. I think you know there, there's so many other things happening in Northern Ireland that are not being addressed, um, while the politicians are endlessly focused on issues that, frankly, people thought had been dealt with. So. It doesn't really matter whether I'm hopeful or not because I have no influence over what they decide to do. But I think the sooner they understand the importance of doing it and finding a way to make sure they do do it, then we'll all be better off. Bertie, is, is the Belfast Good Friday Agreement still fit for purpose when you see the consent mechanism overriding democracy as would be understood in other jurisdictions? Well, the only way of keeping it peaceful, I think, is, is, is to follow you know, that path because we never would have got everybody together if we didn't you know, have, have a unifying force and that was, what, that was consent. Um, it, it's not fit for purpose when it's not working at all, but I think if, if, if we can get the institutions back as they were designed, um, uh, the d difficulty is that sixty percent of the time they never got that chance and that opportunity. So uh, I think the agreement is fine. But there can be a course of review and amendments at any time. You can get agreement on it, uh, and that should be looked at because Alliance, in particularly, want, want some fundamental things looked at. So that's there's no difficulty about that. But there, that's a review when you have things up and running. If you if you don't get things shaped up. Uh, and properly First Minister, Deputy First Minister, um, Northern Ireland will, will decline. And you, your efforts um, built around you know, peace and prosperity and, and business working together, uh, people won't be happy uh, unless there's somebody that they can deal with and, and that there's administration they can deal with. And Northern Ireland has huge opportunities if, 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 they're, if they have the island economy and we have a strong economy now, and uh, we're we're no longer a small little place. Uh, the the internal UK economy, the single market. I mean, they they have a huge huge opportunity, and you know, let's hope they take it. Alistair, just on that one, um, you know, one one of the things that was running, even before Brexit, or Brexit, uh, was the constitutional issues that the Scottish referendum brought forward, and then another referendum on Brexit, and now momentum towards border polls and possible referendums here. What do you think the prospects are that it get triggered on the island of Britain? Do you think the Scottish referendum is off the agenda now with Sturgeon's 
move on or do you see an English referendum coming for breaking up the UK? Well, look, we're in a very, very volatile political times, but I I do think that Nicola Sturgeon's departure has probably helped the cause of the union in that she was a formidable campaigner before Alex Salmon was a formidable campaigner. Nobody was in ever in any doubt that their principal aim was independence for Scotland. And even with Brexit and even with the disastrous Boris Johnson premiership, they've not really been able to take move the dial sufficiently for people to say there's a kind of settled expectation there'll be a referendum and that they're likely to win it. Um, but that being said, as I, you know, I, I think it's very hard to predict anything right now. But I, I would, I would, I would say I think the the cause of independence has probably moved backwards. Maybe just one last one to you before I finish off with Bertie. Just when we say the word peace, we you know we think of the the really bad days on on uh, both islands of the atrocities and the murders. But obviously, there's kind of a social cohesion peace and there's industrial peace which appears to be quite fractured in the UK at the moment. Are you concerned that the peace process there, so to speak, the social contract is beginning to break up? I was in France last week and <laughs> speaking to a couple of French people who couldn't believe that British people weren't out on the streets the whole time because they read about what's going on in the UK. British people are very, very calm in the main don't necessarily get too agitated about stuff. But I do think you at the conference this morning were, were making the point that the poorest people in England are now substantially poorer than the poorest people in Ireland. That That's kind of unthinkable a generation ago. So those kind of pressures, particularly when you have so much inequality, so much massive wealth at the top, I think that does lead to a breakdown in all sorts of things. We now have public services that aren't functioning terribly well. We have an economy that I think people feel is working pretty well for the people who run it at the top and not so well for everybody else. We've got a massive public sector uh, strike program going on. So that is not a nation at ease with itself, put it that way. Um, Where it goes to, I think the country would genuinely welcome a general election pretty quickly. Uh, I think we need change. And I I actually think a lot of the things we talked about this morning, I'm not sure they're going to change until you get a change of government. Interesting on timeline. Bertie, last question to you is um, on that idea of peace and this more broad definition I was giving there. Like you were a creator of a social partnership structure. Social dialogue is definitely back in the world through ESG, as corporates now talk about. It's definitely the S part there. Do you actually see a social dialogue being part of a solution for the peace and prosperity or or potentially revised Belfast Good Friday Agreement in the future? Yeah, I think so because, you know, as we see from across the water now, we saw it here in the the 80s and the bad days, when you you have not got industrial peace and business peace, it's bad for everybody. It's bad for the workers, bad for the general population. It's it's a disaster for business people because they haven't got certainty and they, they can't you know, have investment plans and programs. So, um, you know, I think peace and prosperity go hand in hand. Uh, and I think good relations with, with, with workers. Uh, and in bad days, people have to compromise and they have to go down in things. They have to understand their quality of life, standard of living might be affected. In good days, they have to share it out. And I, as, we, as we saw here, as we developed the Irish economy in the last 30 years, that's the way it was. That you had to, you know, be stick in for the long haul and uh i i, I still passionately believe that um 
uh, you know, a partnership. It, 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 you don't have to say what it is because it changes from time to time, it evolves. But partnership uh, between workers, between business and government uh, is in everyone's long-term interest. Bertie Hearn, Astrid Campbell, thank you for joining us today in IBEC. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening to this episode of IBEC Responds. Listen to our full podcast offering at ibec.ie slash podcasts and explore IBEC's For Peace and Prosperity campaign at ibecforpeaceandprosperity.ie. IBEC, the voice of Irish business.